0: This is episode 82 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about travel photography tips with Madeline. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you are here because how many of us enjoy taking pictures of our travels, and yet sometimes that perfect picture of such a memorable moment evades us. Today Madeline will be sharing some of her tips and tricks for getting those perfect pictures. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, podcasts, Facebook, Instagram, the whole works, including the opportunity to book trips as we have now become a travel agency. So the next trip that you are planning, why not look to us to help make those dreams come true. But Without further ado, Madden's love for exploring and sharing new places and cultures with others has been growing as long as she has. Her passion is to share stories about her adventures in a way that combines practical tips and advice with the whimsy of discovery in order to inspire others and help them tackle life's challenges in a fun way. She believes that travel can be transformational and that followers of Christ can make an impact on the world by the way they travel, one person at a time. Hey, Madeline, how are you doing? I'm
1: fantastic. How are you doing, Sarah?
0: I am doing amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got involved
1: with travel photography? Of course, yeah. Um, I have been traveling ever since I was a kid. Uh, We moved around a lot. And um, as I grew older, um, I had family members who were willing to take me on trips. So um, I was always trying to take pictures of the things that I was seeing so that I could bring them back and show my friends. Obviously, those early attempts (laughs) were uh, often kind of blurry or not... uh, you know, not super great captures of what I was experiencing just because I I didn't really know what I was doing. So as I got older, um, I started traveling more often. And um, once I started traveling solo, I kind of had that passion reignited to be able to show my friends and family what I was seeing and experiencing. So um, I took a photography class and It all kind of went from there. I don't have a ton of photography experience, although I've done some photo shoots for friends, families, and and pregnancies and stuff like that, Um, but always on a borrowed camera. So um, I really identify with the average traveler (laughs) who might not have all of the tools of the trade, um, just technically speaking, because cameras have a lot of bells and whistles on them that do a lot of cool things, but I have always been... Um, either borrowing a nice camera or just using my iPhone 6 camera so (laughs) I am I don't know I'm I'm here to tell you how to do it (laughs) starting from something small (laughs) awesome because that's
0: definitely me I I use my phone camera all the time to take pictures when it comes to taking a picture is there things that you're typically drawn to or what do you value as something worth taking a picture of
1: that's a really good question. Um, and I think it's kind of evolved as, as I've grown up. Um, I think we're initially drawn when we talk about travel photography to like, you know, you're in Paris and you really want to get that great shot of the Eiffel tower and the, the skyline and, um, and not that those are bad things to take pictures of because, you know, they're, they're kind of central to the vibe or the the feel of a place, I guess. But um, as I have been traveling, um, I've really found that I like to take pictures of just small, um, small details of my travels. Like I'm walking down a country road and um, I come around a bend and the trees just frame the path in such a way that I have to get a picture of it. Or I'm in a museum with my friends and one of them is just super absorbed in admiring the statues and I have to get a candid photo of her. Um, I like to take pictures of just kind of the everyday moments that I experience when traveling rather than big grand things that are postcard worthy. <laughs> so,
0: Yeah, that's a great way to capture those memories that kind of are more close to you sometimes than the the postcard worthy pics of course yeah so you have something in front of you whether it's that a friend in the museum or that beautiful landscape where do you begin
1: that's a good question so I am kind of of the opinion that photography um is an art and because it is an art you know there's technical stuff involved but a lot of things are kind of subjective so um Different people might approach it a different way, but for me personally, um, I really try to capture the mood of the place that I'm in, so um, allow me to get a little technical here (laughs) and we'll talk about composition. You can do a lot of editing of photos um, once you've taken them because there's so many programs out there you can use from something like instagram where you just play around with the levels of of things and saturation and stuff like that to really fancy things that you can shell out money for um but really you have to work with what is in the photo to begin with um so i would focus the most on composition of a photo so um For those who might not know what composition is, it's just kind of the setup of the picture, um, where things are in the photo, um, what you have in view, how, if you want to get really technical, how different um, lines draw your eye within the photo. Um, So let's start out by picturing um, a grid. You have three squares going horizontally, three squares going vertically and you have nine squares in total here um, with one square in the middle. That's your nine square grid. So if you're familiar with Instagram, think about that. Um, So whatever is in the center of your photo is most likely to draw the eye. That's just kind of naturally where our eyes go. They go to the center of something. Um, But that doesn't mean that the subject always needs to be centered. Um, I mean if you're if you're talking about a portrait, for example, um, usually the person is gonna be smack dab in the middle because their face is the focal point. Um, but when you're taking pictures with a lot of different items in them, you kind of have to be a little creative. So. Um, I would say, uh, as you keep practicing this, you'll get better and better at it. But um, first, just think about following your eye. Where do the lines in a scene draw your eye? Um, For example, let's say that you're in the countryside on a straight road. Um, There's tall trees full of autumn leaves on either side of the path. And... um, That road is going to draw your eye as it just stretches out before you. And the trees on either side, you know, are pointed vertically and they're reinforcing that. Those lines are all pointing to the road and drawing your eye along it. Um, Now picture in the distance a curve in the road. That's going to make your eye (laughs) drawn towards wherever that curve is going. And it's also gonna change the feel of your picture because maybe all the trees are hiding what's around the bend. That'll add a little mystery to it. Um, Does it make you curious about what's lying down the road? Um, Part of photography and art in general is capturing emotion. Uh, So I would encourage anyone to think about what kind of emotions they have while looking at the scene before them? Or maybe what kind of emotions do they want to help invoke in the viewer? Um, I like my photos to be ones where I can show someone and, and they can look at it and they can feel what I felt in that moment. So um, even if I have to be a little creative from the angle that I'm taking a photo, um, or even if I have to edit it so that the colors more closely match the colors that I'm seeing, um, I think that's okay. I I don't think we have to be fully realistic with our photos. Some people like stark realism, um, but I do think it's okay to be creative with your angles so that you can get a good shot. So let's go back to the friend in the museum. Um, We're looking at her, she's looking at the statues, and maybe she's so focused on on the artwork in the marble and reading the plaque maybe about the artist and maybe I just want to capture how absorbed she is in this artwork so maybe I don't even take a picture of her face. Maybe I take a photo from over her shoulder from behind her so that the focus is the face of the statue she's looking at Um, just to evoke how absorbed she is in it. Maybe if I wanted to capture <laughs> the expression on her face, I would take it from behind the statue so that um, I could capture just just the look in her eyes or her environment instead of having it focused all on one thing. It Photography, really, you can do a lot with it with the same scene that you have, um, all depending on what interests you and what kind of pictures you want to bring home. Um, Does that answer your question? Yes, it
0: does. And, And I like how you are searching for opportunities to look at things from different angles, different perspectives to get those emotions. As you're doing that, how are you playing with foreground, background? What is
1: kind of your scheme for that? Um, because I'm working with an older iPhone, (laughs) I have to be kind of careful because there are some some kinds of photos that um, are harder to shoot or take more time. So if I'm taking a picture of something that's more still, um, I know how long that I have to kind of play with a situation and, and see what kind of photos I can get from it. But again, that also is kind of going back to the scene and the mood that you want to capture in your photo. Um, I like to take photos of flowers. <laughs> um, window boxes in different countries just hold some fascination for me. So I'm always trying to get photos of, of doors and window boxes and flowers. Um, and sometimes I'll just be, you know, straight up taking a picture of just the flowers. Um, but sometimes I'm taking it from across the street. So I have people walking past in the foreground. And instead of being frustrated that I can't, you know, cross the street and, and get a close up, I will use those people to my advantage. And I will focus my camera on the flowers so that the foreground and the people walking past are blurry. So you get a picture and an image of a bustling street but still the piece that exists on the other side. Um, So it's all about creativity, I would say. It's all about um, using situations to your advantage even if maybe they're not ideal and you're working with subjects that are in motion. (laughs) Um, And as you take more and more photos, you'll kind of get a feel for um, the camera you're using, um, and how long it takes you to set up the composition of a good photo.
0: Speaking of your camera, how did you become familiar with it, or how to get the best shot with your
1: device? Um, a lot of it was really, you know, I I ended up with it. Um, when I started traveling, my parents' really wanted me to get a smartphone. Um, I had had a flip phone up to that point, and (laughs) uh, I didn't feel the need to get anything else. I just, you know, if I wanted to take pictures, I would bring a little camera with me. Um, But they wanted me to have a GPS on it so that I could find my way around different cities. and. that was pretty logical, so I did get I did get a smartphone, and once I found out that it could take pictures, um, I just really liked the fact that it could be in my pocket all the time, and that I wouldn't have to carry a bunch of extra stuff. Um, so really, it was kind of about convenience and how I ended up with uh, using an iPhone camera most of the time. Um, and as far as getting familiar with it, um, I would suggest that you just walk around your house or your neighborhood and just play with different settings and do it at different times of day so that you know what kind of lighting your camera handles best. Um, Lighting is really important in composition and you know sometimes if you have the light behind the object that you're shooting you know your camera is going to react differently obviously if the camera unless excuse me <clears throat> if the lighting is behind you and casted on the object as opposed to it being behind it so you kind of have to play with a lot of different situations um in focusing your camera either on the sky sometimes or, or on the object and that'll give you very different results. So I would highly recommend uh, before you take any new camera on a big trip um, that you spend some time playing with it in different settings before you go just so that you aren't surprised by uh, what it can or can't do <laughs> when you're there. Um, that'll help you avoid some situations where you have a few seconds to get a really good shot um, but something your camera does or doesn't do surprises you and you don't know how to recover from that and get the photo. Um, That'll save you some regret.
0: (laughs) You kind of mentioned that you use your situation often just as it presents itself, sometimes blurring people out, sometimes using them in the photo. When you travel, do you find it important to include people
1: in your photos? Why or why not? That's a really good question. Um, I am kind of split on that, actually. Um, When I travel with friends, for example, I really like to get photos of them. Um, Sometimes we'll be doing something new together, and so it's just a quick selfie or something, um, just because we're all happy to be there together. (laughs) Um, I like to take candid photos of my friends because um, capturing them doing something new or something that they love and are excited about, um, I just find you can take a lot of beautiful photos like that. Um, and I know that they'll enjoy them in the future, just having those. Um, but when I've traveled solo, um, I try to be a pretty conscientious person. So, so there are some cultures I've been in where it's considered very rude to be taking photos of people without their consent or permission. Um, and maybe in certain situations, like on the street, people don't expect um, anonymity or, or anything like that uh, versus maybe you're visiting a religious service or a place that is considered very special. Um, like in Jerusalem, uh, if you are at the Western Wall um, in the Old City, you don't want to be taking pictures <laughs> of um any people worshiping or praying at the wall because that's a very intimate um, moment that they're having and you're intruding on that by photographing them without their permission there. So um, I think it's important to just be knowledgeable about the culture that you're in and and what situations might be appropriate to take photos in. if you aren't sure and you want to get a picture of somebody, I don't think that there's any harm in asking. <laughs> maybe there's an old lady sitting at a bus stop and she just evokes an image and a feeling in you that you want to capture um if you have a language in common or um maybe even if you don't, if you just have your camera and you smile and wave and Kind of gesture and ask if you can take her photo, um, and then abide by her answer. I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, um, because people are important, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as Christians, we know that heaven and earth will pass away, but God will never pass away, and and souls are eternal. So, um, I think that capturing people um, in photography. Is a wonderful thing um, that can really transport a culture back to the people who are going to see your photos in the future. So um, I don't know. I think uh, I think my answer would just be be careful of your witness. You don't want to you don't want to push people away with your photos um, or offend anybody. But also asking people if you can take their picture might open up a really cool conversation that you can have with someone and they'll ask you what you're doing there while you're traveling and why you came and you know who knows you could end up sharing your testimony in that way
0: absolutely it is really important to show respect to culture and to individuals um, as you travel and take Mm -hmm. those photos and um, and yet it is such a great thing to get to take those memories back and share them with people and Mm -hmm. educate them about what you experienced when it comes to pulling people in to seeing that journey that you went on, um, is there any things that come to mind worth noting?
1: I mean, everybody likes different things about traveling. There are some things that we all probably like, seeing new places and enjoying different experiences than we normally do. Um, I think my photography can often be heavily influenced by how I'm feeling that day. Um, I told you that I've traveled solo before and, um, sometimes that was kind of hard because I was lonely or, um, you know, having a day where things just didn't feel like they were working out. Um, so a lot of the times my photos from those days will just be of small little things. Like I have a picture of, um... I have a picture of some daisies that were growing in a rock wall in Scotland, and everything else was pretty barren, <laughs> um, but I took that photo, just zoomed in on those daisies with the background kind of blurry, and you you, you kind of can feel the, the loneliness in that photo, um, and it's a pretty photo just looking at it, but you can also... I can share that and be like, yeah, I was lonely that day <laughs> uh, versus maybe when I'm seeking people out and, and on a busy street and taking pictures of city architecture or something. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to talk about things that are subjective like that. Um, yeah. But different people have different things that they, their eyes are drawn to. Um And I think that probably pretty much depends on the person who's doing the photography. Is
0: there any other tips or tricks or things that you think we should remember
1: as travel photographers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think that when we travel, um, it's important to not just focus. We can get really wrapped up in getting the perfect photo or... um, hyper focusing on setting things up perfectly so we can get a shot that we really really want and um there's not necessarily anything wrong with getting good photos but i do think it's important for us to um even in the midst of that keep perspective and um you know the, the world won't end if we don't get the shot we wanted um And sometimes when situations don't work out the way we wanted, they'll put us in a place where we might get some photos that we didn't know we even needed, but they end up being our best ones. Um, And I think that keeping your heart and mind open to opportunity is important when you're a travel photographer, Um, and especially a believer, because... um, our goal is to be directed by the Lord and our days are supposed to be given over to him. So if he chooses to do something different with our day than we expected, um, it's up to us to, to get our heart right and and let it happen and, and follow his lead. So um, I think it's, it's good to do that. And that's not to say that we can't uh, get up early in the morning and go to a cathedral and capture pictures of the people who are you know walking in for their early morning mass routine or something or um or stay up late so that we can get some cool late night street photography um you can you should be planning uh some photos and and hoping for Certain things, um, depending on the time of day and where you're at, because those things are central to the place that you're going to be in, and um, and capturing culture or the routines of of daily life in that place. Um, but I think that oftentimes there are photos of those things that will be better than any photo we could ever take. Um, someone's always going to have a better camera. Someone's always going to um, on the street at the right place at the right time to get this amazing photo that's on the cover of National Geographic or something but someone's not in the place that you are right here right now so you can use that to your advantage too. God can change
0: things in an instant while we're traveling and rolling with what God has in store even in our photography is important. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions I always love to ask our guests is what has been your biggest God moment in all of your
1: travels? I have had so many. (laughs) It's really (laughs) hard for me to narrow them down. Um, I have a lot from when I studied abroad in Israel Um, during a pretty contentious time. There was a lot of civil unrest and um, God showed up in some pretty amazing ways just for Protecting me and the other students that I was with um, but I think the one the ones that stick out to me the most are actually from my solo trip that I took in 2018 that I was working in hostels in Scotland and um, I was working as a receptionist and um, this was my first solo trip ever so there was a lot I had traveled a ton beforehand but I'd never traveled by myself and um, I had been praying that God would provide me with other believers um, because I knew that, you know, a lot of places all over Europe, especially, um, and also in the UK, there's there's just a lot of um, secularism and just you know spiritual darkness. I was pretty sure that there would be no other Christians on staff in the hostels that I was working at, and I was right. Um, but not only did God provide me with other believers that I ran into, um, either by getting to church or, um, just in talking to people in different shops, but he also provided me with some amazing (laughs) moments where I got to share my testimony with people. Um, and, when you're living side by side with people and cleaning bathrooms with them and, um, you know, sharing a kitchen and making dinner for each other, you just really get to learn other people's stories. And you also realize that they're interested in yours. Uh, And I wasn't there at the first hostel in Scotland for a week before the manager of the hostel Uh, I made coffee and I had bought cookies and I had took her some while she was doing paperwork in the office. And she said, hey, can I come drink this with you? Because I really want to ask you why you're a Christian. (laughs) 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 And um, I hadn't I hadn't made a big deal about being a believer in Jesus or anything. Um, But I had asked that my day off, one of my days off could fall on Sunday so that I could go to church. Um, I was obviously you know we're we're salt and light in a dark world, and we have to be aware of how we're behaving so um you know i I did my best to love my coworkers, and I don't know, I don't know if she felt that, I don't know <laughs> um, what what drew her to ask me that, but I had never expected someone to straight up basically ask me for my testimony before. Um, so we sat down and we talked for two hours about, um, about why I believed in Jesus and what that had done for me. And, um, there were no like fireworks or anything and no, you know, she, she didn't fall down and repent and <laughs> and ask Jesus into her heart or anything after that conversation. But she had never spoken to a Christian before and oh. she was from France. So, Just me being in that place and seeing God use me to just tell her about who He is um, was really awesome. And I think about that a lot. And um, I think that that really cemented for me that we can go traveling because we love a place or because we want to see new things. Um, But as long as we're open to God using us, to to share his love and to spread his kingdom our travels are going to be pretty awesome even if they don't end up the way we thought they would
0: yes that's amazing how god used your travels just to open the door for that conversation and for you to be able to plant a seed Um, and even though you might not have gotten that awe-inspiring moment uh, then when she might have become a believer. Um, It's amazing that you got to be a part of that story Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. Well, Madeline, we have really enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode?
1: The best way to connect with me is probably by Instagram. You can find my account at a dot cheerful dot traveler. Um, that's just a cheerful traveler separated by periods. <laughs> and um, if you want to read any of my travel writing, um, you can go to my website, which is deertraveler.net. That's DearTraveler1L in Traveler. Um, and if you want to read any of my Articles on um, solo traveling well or picking a place to travel. You can also find articles that I've written at worldpackers.com, um, which is how I got the jobs working in hostels in Scotland. So if you're interested in, um, in stuff like that, you can go to worldpackers.com.
0: Well, thank you so much, Madeline. We'll put those links in the description below, and we have really enjoyed hearing some tips from you about travel photography.
1: Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to share them and I hope that they're helpful to people.
0: Absolutely. I am inspired right now to go take some photos.
1: (laughs) Awesome. My job is done. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, Christian travelers, I hope that you have been inspired by Madeline's story today and that you'll go out and take some photos of your next travel experiences. Um, In the meantime, though, If you are looking to book your next trip for 2021, consider booking with us. We have travel devotions and resources to enhance your trip and take it a step further. Um, You can also listen to our podcast episode 63 on how to travel journal. And who knows, maybe that can help enhance your photos even more. Um, And we also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and share this episode if you enjoyed it. But in the meantime, safe travels and God bless.